Okay. I've got to switch mics here. Sorry about that. The 23rd Psalm isn't a messianic passage of Scripture. But at the same time, Jesus is our Good Shepherd. And He makes that clear in the book of John in the 10th chapter. And so today as we look at the 23rd Psalm, I want to go back and forth and I want to also see what Jesus is speaking in John chapter 10. In verse 14, Jesus says, I am the Good Shepherd and I know my sheep and I am known by my own. I love that. He says, I am the Good Shepherd and that we as sheep know Him. In, in the third verse in the 10th chapter of John, Jesus says this, To Him the, door keep, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear His voice. And He calls His own sheep by name and leads them out. When we hear His voice, church, He leads us. And we've been given that promise as His followers, as His sheep. We can hear the voice of our shepherd. He will lead us. He will guide us. He will direct us. Now church, there's many voices in our culture today. There's many voices in our lives that try to speak out. And they try to lead us. They try to guide us. One of those voices is our flesh. Our flesh tries to speak to us and draw us away from God. Our culture does the same thing. The culture that we live in today, it has all these voices crying out and trying to lead us away from God. Sometimes it's even relationships. Sometimes it's, it's close family or friends. And instead of listening to God and allowing the shepherd, the good shepherd, to lead us and to guide us, we'll listen to the voice of friends or family that are close. And many times they will not lead us towards God, but lead us away from the Lord. And so today I want to ask you, are you listening to the voice of the Lord during these difficult times? Is He leading your family? Is He guiding your family? Because we have His guarantee that we're not going to be in want, that He's going to lead us into greener pastures and beside the still waters. I love that. And I'm thankful for it today. The other voices that we listen to are are voices that will try to rob from us. They'll try to steal from us. But the voice of the Lord will re lead us into His goodness. If we just allow the Good Shepherd to lead us, we will never be in want. In verse 2, He says, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. In Israel, there are Two rain, rainy seasons. There's the former rain and the latter rain. The rain that comes for the planting and the rain that comes right before the harvest. And the rest of the time of the year, Israel is very dry and even experiences drought conditions. And the Lord is speaking to us here and He's saying that His desire is to lead us into those places that are best for us. When we follow His lead, He will guide us and direct us into the very best. And you can hold on to that truth today. He will make us to lie down in those green pastures. He will lead us beside the still waters. The shepherds in Israel 
even today will find these places where the green grass and the still waters are, and they'll, they'll lead their sheep into those areas around noontime. And they'll just let them graze there. They'll let them eat and drink and, and just, just rest all they want for about three hours. And it's very common. And church, that's what the Lord will do for us. When we let, listen to His voice and let Him guide us and let Him direct us, He will lead us into His rest. And I want to ask you today, how many of you feel like I can't just stay in the house? There's something I've got to be doing. Because we have grown so accustomed to that in our lifestyle. Where that we've, we've got to rush and do this. We've got to take care of that. We need to get something else accomplished. And, and, and the pressures of life just weigh heavy on us today. Well, I, I believe that God wants us to enter into His rest during this time. To just enjoy His presence and to, to rest and be nurtured and built up and refreshed in Him. And that's what we, we see in this picture of coming into the green pastures. Now, sheep don't have to have still water. They can drink from moving water. They can cross through moving water. But there again, we see the picture of God's perfect peace for us. And He wants us to live in that perfect peace. He doesn't want us right now to be caught up in fear or doubt or worry or, or thinking what's going to happen next. He wants us to rest in Him because He's going to take care of us. In John chapter 10, verse 9, Jesus makes this statement. He says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he shall be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. So there, Jesus is connecting what he does as the good shepherd with what we just read in Psalm 23. The Lord desires for us to experience that rest. And notice here, we're to... Stay on the paths of righteousness. Stay on the paths of righteousness. And we can't do that unless we're listening to the Good Shepherd. Because it's our natural tendencies as just fallen humans to not just stay on the path of righteousness unless we're listening to the voice of the Lord. Unless He's guiding us and He's leading us. Our natural tendency is to say, oh, I think this path would be good for a while. Or, or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go this direction and I'm going to follow this path for a while. And so we get off the path that God desires for us to be on. And church, I want to encourage you just to listen to His voice and to make sure that you're not choosing a path on your own wisdom or your own knowledge or, or your own desires. But you're, you're listening to the voice of the Lord and you're following His path. And He'll lead you into that perfect person. Now this, now this righteousness isn't about discipline. It's, it's not something that we say, I, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it with all my strength. This righteousness comes because of Jesus. In John 10, verse 17, Jesus says, Therefore my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay, lay it down and I have power to take it again. 
This command I have received from my Father. So how are we righteous? Because Jesus laid down His life for us. Are you thankful for that today? Jesus laid down His life for us that we can experience the righteousness of God. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's what the Word of God declares for us today. It's not because of our discipline. Because even our best desire and discipline, we can still stumble, we can still fall. But it's Jesus in, in living a life in Him, following that Good Shepherd, that's going to keep us on that pathway of righteousness. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Are you thankful today that you're the righteousness of God in Christ? He gave His life for you. And if you're listening today and you don't know where you stand, you don't know that you're in right standing with the Lord, you can know right now by simply opening up your heart and opening up your life and saying, Jesus, I have failed. I have sinned. Lord, forgive me. And Lord, come into my life. Cleanse me. And Lord, save me. You pray a simple prayer and you mean it. And the Lord will save you. You can be in right standing and know His righteousness. In verse 4 of Psalm 23, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Church, God's Word never lies to us. His Word never tries to hide the difficulties in this life, the things that we face. God doesn't sugarcoat things. And He doesn't sugarcoat them in this precious psalm either. He says, there will be days that we go into the valley of the shadow of death. In this life, we will face difficult times. Now, scholars for years have discussed back and forth whether this speaks of death itself, or if uh, most scholars believe that it doesn't because it says a shadow of death. And a shadow isn't the substance thereof, it's something that has the form of. But there are difficult times that come into our lives. Times that we are walking in the valley of the shadow of death. But notice what the Lord says, I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. And church, we're, we're living through one of those times right now. And not just as a, an individual in our, our homes, but as a world, as the world t t today, we're all struggling with the, the things that are going on in this pandemic. But we are in that valley of the shadow of death, but church, we can arise and we can shout and we can praise God because we're not going to s struggle with that evil, right? We're not going to give in to it. We're not going to give in to that fear. For you are with me. That's why we're not fearing. Because Jesus is with us, church. Jesus is with us. So we don't have to fear, even in those difficult times where death, a form of death, a difficulty, struggle is there and we're looking at it and staring at it. We're not going to fear because Jesus is with us. I love that. The first time 
That really came to pass in my heart in a powerful way was when I was a little boy and I was only eight years old. My parents were going through a divorce and or had gone through a divorce and I was struggling and I was in the back seat of my dad's car and he was taking me back to my mom's house and I only got to see him once in a while. And as a little boy, I was hurting. And I knelt down in the back of that car and I said, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In that moment, I felt the presence of the Lord. I knew that I wasn't alone. And I knew that I would be able to make it through the difficulty that I was facing. Even as a, as a young child, I knew the presence of the Lord. That He would see me through. And through all the things that I've gone through in my life, all the difficulties, every time I faced the valley of the shadow of death, I would fear no evil because I knew that the Lord was with me. And I pray that that would just be imprinted on your heart today. That you'd just take hold of that. You would cling to it. You would rejoice in it. And whenever we go through a difficult valley, you would be reminded that I'm not going to fear any evil because the Lord is with me. I love that. I'm thankful for that. In John chapter 10, verse 12, Jesus says, But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd... One who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. There are hirelings. The other voices that will rob from us, that will distract us, that will lead us away from God. They don't care about us. They're hirelings. But Jesus says, I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down His life for His sheep. The Good Shepherd guides the sheep, comforts the sheep, directs the sheep. He is the Good Shepherd. And we're never alone in the valley of the shadow of death. He also guarantees us two things. He guarantees us that His rod and His staff will comfort us. Now a rod in those days was a short club. And it was used by the shepherd to defend the sheep. When an when a enemy would come in, he would use it to, to fight off the enemy from taking the sheep or from hurting the sheep. So the rod was a defensive tool to, to keep the sheep safe. And He also guarantees us a staff. The staff was used to lead and to, to, to direct the sheep to keep them on the right path. It was used where there was difficult terrain so that they, they wouldn't stumble and fall and get off the, the path. But the shepherd would be able to keep them on the path so that they wouldn't come to no harm. So we see these two precious promises. 
And what, what is Jesus saying there? He's saying, I'm in the valley with you. He's saying, I am fighting for you while you're in the valley. I am coming against the enemy that he's not going to come and, and harm you. The enemy's not going to come and defeat you because I'm here and I have my rod and I have my staff. I don't know about you, but that comforts my heart today. I'm thankful for that. And no matter where you are right now, just say, thank you, Lord, for your rod and your staff that comfort me. Look at verse 5 again in Psalm 23. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. David is making a reference here to feasting. Israel's feast would last over a period of days. And they would include the best food that they had. And so the picture here is, as we're coming out of that valley of the shadow of death, that the Lord is there. He's fighting for us. He's defending us. He's leading us and guiding us. That as we come up out of that valley, He has prepared for us a feast. And this feast coming up out of the valley, it's a feast that everybody knows is taking place. It's not a private little gathering. It's a feast that declares the victory. It's a, it's a feast that, that everybody can see, even the, the enemy. Even the enemy. Notice again, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I'm thankful for that. The Lord wants everyone to know that He's pleased with us. That He loves us. That He cares about us. That we're precious to Him. In fact, this celebration feast, even before our enemies... He was saying He wants you to know that He loves you so much. He's so proud of you. He wants to show you off what He did in your life and through your life. He wants the enemy to know that He has brought you through the valley of the shadow of death that you're not fearing evil because He is with you and His rod and His staff are comforting you. And now you come up out of the valley and you come to a feast to a celebration with the Lord. I love that. It also mentions He will anoint your head with oil. In this day, when you would come and someone else would anoint you with oil, it was a sign that this was a very precious relationship. That you are a very important person. And it speaks of how much God loves us and cares for us. It also speaks that we are His anointed ones. That His power and His presence, the power and presence of the Holy Spirit abides within us. And that we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ our Lord. He has anointed our heads with oil. Are you thankful for that today? And then finally in this verse, He says, My cup runs over. Literally in the original language it says, my cup is an abundant drink. 
And it's referring to a shepherd's cup. And a shepherd's cup wasn't really a cup. A shepherd's cup was a large stone that was hollowed out. And it could hold between 40 and 50 gallons of water. So there was an abundance of of water there for the sheep. And that's the point that David is making here. That our God is a God of abundance. Our God is a God of abundance. In John chapter 10, verse 10, it says, The thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Are you thankful that we can have abundant life in Jesus Christ? It doesn't matter if we're in the middle of a pandemic. It doesn't matter what we're facing, what we're going through, church. You and I have life more abundant in Him. He is all we need. He's everything we need. He supplies He supplies it all. Church, we have an abundance because our God is a God of abundance today. Jesus is that abundant shepherd. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And finally, I want you to look with me at verse 6 today. It says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The great point of Scripture, church, is that God's desire is for us to dwell in His house with Him forever. To dwell with Him, not just now, but for eternity. That The Bible is about that. We see that when, when God brought Israel out of Egypt. He brought them out and set them free from the, the bondage. And that represents the bondage of sin. He set them free. And then He had them go into the wilderness and build a tabernacle. And He promised in the tabernacle, in the Holy of Holies, the ark where the Ark of the Covenant was, He would dwell there. His glory would dwell there. It would be a manifestation of God's presence. And that was in the center of the camp. And that speaks to us the fact that God desires to dwell with His children. Are you thankful for that? We see it in other places in the, in the Bible as well. We see it when God's presence fills the temple and the priest couldn't stand to minister. We see it when Jesus becomes Emmanuel, God with us, and He's born a babe in the manger. We see it in Pentecost when the Holy Spirit is poured out. And the 120 in the upper room are all filled with the Spirit. We see God saying, my heart, my desire, my promise to you is that you can dwell with me right now and forever. And it's all because of what Jesus did for us. And I want to ask you, are you dwelling with Him? Are you welcoming His presence in your home right now? During this struggling Time and difficult things are taking place. Church, do you know that you're dwelling with Him and not only now, but throughout the rest of your life and into eternity, you are going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Oh, I need an amen. Punch your likes or your hearts or something. I need something. I'm struggling preaching and I don't have any amens. (laughs) 
I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that promise, church, to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And notice this. Goodness and mercy are chasing us. God's plan for our life is filled with goodness and to show His mercy towards us. So many times, church, we think that God's just waiting for us to mess up so that He can some way get even with us. And that's not the heart of God at all. Even when we're going the wrong direction, even when we're running from God, He's chasing us with His mercy and His goodness. He wants us to experience His grace and His mercy, His love, His goodness being poured out in our lives. We see that picture in the 15th chapter of Luke in the prodigal son. And we see that truth in this passage as well. David was a man of passion for God. That's been the theme of our study in David last month. A passion. Passion for His presence. And I want to ask you today, church, do you have a passion for Jesus? Is your heart passionate for Him? Are you just going through religious motions because you feel like that's what you're supposed to do? Or are you truly in love with Jesus? Do you know that He is all that you need and more? That He's abundantly able to take and lead and guide and direct your life? Are you passionate today? In Psalm 27 and 4, David writes this, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. David knew that if he was in God's presence, everything was going to be all right. He just knew that if I'm in God's presence, He will take care of me. He will lead. He will guide. No matter what we're going through, the valley of the shadow of death, He'll bring me up out of it and we'll feast together. He'll anoint me with oil. And my cup's going to runneth over. In Psalm 63 and 1, David writes, O God, You are my God. Early will I seek You. My soul thirsts for You. My flesh longs for You in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. David wrote that when he was running from his lo- for his life. He didn't know if this would be the last time he, he would be able to, to just worship the Lord. To welcome His presence. Because he was running for his life. But David had one thing that was more important even than his life, and that was to be in the presence of God. And I want to challenge you, church. Is that your heart? Is your heart to be in the presence of God? To have your family in the presence of God? Wherever you are, right now, in your homes, as the quarantine, or some of you may be at work, Wherever you are, do you sense His presence?
Do you know that He's with you? Do you know that He's guiding you, directing you, giving you wisdom? Do you know that He's everything that you need? Do you know that in His presence, everything's going to be alright? I pray today that you know His presence in a powerful way. I'm thankful that through all the difficult valleys I've gone through in my life, that I've always known His presence was there. In church, His presence is with you right now. Those of you that are struggling because you've been laid off, you're wondering how you're going to be able to pay the rent. You're wondering how you're going to be able to to, to buy the groceries or take care of your family. I want you to know the key is abiding in Him. Jesus said, you're not going to want if I'm your good shepherd. God will provide. If you need food, contact me. We have some food here at the church in the food pantry. In church, you may be wondering what's going to happen in the future. Is it going to be this is something that's going to be the norm or we're going to have other viruses that are going to travel around the world and we're going to experience these type of quarantines and, and the, the people dying that we love. Church, I want you to know the answer is still in the Word of God. He doesn't sugarcoat His Word. He says there will be tribulation and we're, we're going to experience that. But He said, be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. He tells us, church, that everything's going to be alright in Him. As long as, as He wants us here, we're going to remain here. And while we're here, we're to, to welcome His presence and to show His presence to the world through us. We're to be the light and to be the salt that this world will know that there is a God that created this world. A, world that lo- a God that loves this world. A God that hasn't forgotten this world. And there are many saying that this pandemic is, is God's judgment coming against the world. And I know there are Scriptures that would lead them to believe that way. But church, I know the heart of God loves people. And that when judgment does come, it comes only to those that have sown into that. They've lived lives that have been contrary to God. They've lived lives that have been contrary to what God wants them to do. And when they do that, they open the door for attacks from the enemy. For the pestilence to come. But I know that God promises us that it's going to be well with us. Those who are righteous in Him. So church, I'm not afraid And you shouldn't be afraid today. And I pray that you would just read the 23rd Psalm and let the comfort of the Lord, let His presence just fill your home. Let it fill your heart afresh. Just let Jesus minister to you with His comfort right now. Knowing that His goodness is there. His mercy is there. That you're going to dwell with Him now and for eternity. Church, I want to pray for you today before we leave. I want you just to bow your heads with with me wherever you are. If you have small children, I want you to take your children up in your arms or lay your hands on their heads. I want you to bless them today. I want you to pray for them today.
as we pray. Lord Jesus, we thank You that You are the Good Shepherd. Lord, You show us in John chapter 10 that You are the Good Shepherd. The Shepherd that David was writing about. Lord, we thank You that You are our Shepherd. Our Shepherd is individuals, Lord. My Shepherd. The Lord is my Shepherd and I shall not want. Lord, we thank You that You are in control. Lord, we thank You right now that You're going to take care of every one of us. Lord, You're going to lead us during this time. You're going to guide us during this time. And Lord, Your anointing rests upon us during this time. The power of Your Spirit, Lord, abides within us. And Lord, You're going to use us for Your glory. Lord, we're going to call people up. We're going to minister them. We're going to pray for them. Lord, whether we write notes on Facebook or Instagram or whatever we do, Lord, we're going to contact people as we can. And Lord, we're going to be the light and be the salt. We're going to show them that we know the Good Shepherd. And He's a shepherd that loves them. He's a shepherd that wants to take care of them. He's a shepherd that wants to guide them and direct them in paths of righteousness. And Lord, I just bless everyone that's, that's watching today. Lord, there are those watching today that are, that are far-reaching today, Lord. There are those that are outside of our, our community. They're outside of our valley. They're outside of our state. They're outside of our nation. And Lord, I just pray for them as well. All these things. Lord, whoever You had turn in today, they weren't even planning on watching. But Lord, You drew them to hear this simple message about the Good Shepherd. Lord, use it today. Touch their hearts. Touch their lives. And Lord, if there's anyone that isn't right with You, they don't know You as their Lord and Savior, I pray that right now, they would open up their heart and say, Jesus, come into my life. Come and be my Lord. Be my Savior. In Jesus' name, Amen. Church, tonight at 6 o'clock, we're going to live stream again. And Mitch is going to, we're having our prayer time and it's going to be powerful. Mitch is going to be leading some songs and then I'll be leading us in prayer points. And we're going to pray for several different things concerning our, our nation and our world and as individuals. So I want to encourage you, if you can possibly, to stay connected with us. I was talking with uh, Pastor Harry the other day and some of the other staff, and we were gathered around. And I said, I'm praying that when the day comes, when this pandemic is all over and the quarantines are all over, that that first Sunday, when we gather back together as a family of God, that our auditorium is filled and overflowing. That there are more people that Sunday than there have ever been in this church. And I know this church has been packed. But I know our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And I believe the church is rising up. I believe the church is coming with a message of hope. A message of love. And the world knows they need that. Because they don't have that in this hour. And so church, until that day, I want to encourage you, just 
to follow us on the stream. Just enter into worship as we sing and just let the Word of God penetrate your heart and life and encourage you and strengthen you and just feed your spirit and soul. And I'd want you to know that you're loved. And I dearly miss, I dearly miss meeting with all of you. But know that I'm praying for you. Every one of you. And that I love you. And most of all, that God loves all of us. Amen. Let's join Mitch as he leads us in a chorus as we close the service today. Let's just lift our hands to the Lord and surrender and and just worship Him. And tell Him how much you're thankful for Him. How much you love Him today. He is your good shepherd. This is amazing grace This is unfailing love You would take my place You would bear my cross You laid down your life And I would be set free Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Breaks the power of sin and darkness. His love is mighty, so much stronger. The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the whole earth. With holy thunder Who leaves us breathless In awe and wonder The King of glory The King above all kings Oh, this is amazing grace This is unfailing love You would take my place You would bear my cross you lay down your life And I would be set free yeah. Oh, Jesus, I sing for All that you've done for me Jesus Jesus, I sing for All that you've done for me Jesus Who brings our chaos into order, makes the orphan son and daughter, the king of glory, the king above all kings, who rules the nations with truth and justice, shines like the sun in all of its brilliance, the king of glory, the king above all kings. Oh, this is amazing grace This is unfailing love You would take my place You would bear my cross You laid down your life That I would be set free yeah. Oh, Jesus, I sing for all oh, that you've done for me All oh, that you've done 
can still be together in your spirit and in unity. Lord, I thank you that nothing like this could ever take you by surprise. You have a plan for everything and anything. Lord, and we as a church, as a body, and everyone who's watching this right now, we enter into that plan. We step into your will. We step into your desire. And we ask that you would create a greater desire in our hearts to know you. Lord, to spend time with you in our families, even God, individual and with our families, God. Lord, that you would keep anointing your church to do your work. That you would keep your kingdom advancing in this time. Lord, and just keep us spreading your word, spreading the gospel of Jesus. And we ask all this in your holy, precious name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to connecting with you next time. And don't forget, you can support us by giving through the Church Center app or by going online at summitwc.com give.